the HR Means Business podcast on the HR Happy Hour Network. I'm your host, Mervyn Dinham, and today I'm going to have a very interesting conversation uh, with somebody whose job it is to, to help HR leaders make the right decisions. Um, one of the things I'm most interested to explore uh, over the course of the podcast series um, is something I referred to in the launch episode, which is the concept of HR in the era of digital Hashtag outrage. Uh, barely a week goes by without another hashtag from great resignation and quiet quitting through to rage applying and uh, quite recently bare minimum Monday. Um, not to mention the ongoing debate around remote, flexible and hybrid work. And it can be difficult for HR leaders uh, and HR specialists to know, you know, what to believe, what is digital noise and what is uh, re insightful research which can help them make decisions. So today I'm going to be talking to the award winning senior journalist Ali Navrat, uh, who is with Unleash. And it's her role to produce content to help HR leaders make the right decisions. So I can't wait to hear her take on some of the topics of the day. Ali, would you like to introduce yourself? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Mervyn. Uh, yeah, great to be on. Um, so yeah, so for people who don't know Unleash, we are a HR and future of work media and events company. And I sit in the editorial team, so I mainly work on the media side. And as you said, um, award-winning, we won kind of the WTW, which is, you know, the new iteration of Willis Towers Watson, you know, the big insurer. Um, they, have, yeah. they have awards every year, and this year we are... WGW's HR and Employee Benefits Publication of the Year, which is incredibly exciting given we're only, you know, just over two years old, media side. So really, really cool to see that the work we're doing is, you know, paying dividends, as one could say. And, so yeah, excited and, uh, to talk about uh, HR outrage. <laughs> okay. And I noticed you were highly commended mm. um, as an in, employee experience and well-being journalist of the year. So well done. Um, <laughs> Thank okay. you. Okay. Uh, HR and hashtag outrage. We'll start at the beginning. So many stories, so much research, so many opinions popping up on, on digital threads, uh, or in digital newsletters, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. Uh, how do you sort out what's insightful, what's relevant and what is, uh, I would say, attention seeking sales bluster? <laughs> I like that phrase. It's really, really hard. Um, we kind of have, um, we have, you know, on, we use Microsoft Teams and we do a lot of like, oh, here's another one and have a little joke about it in our editorial team. Um, I think what I try to do is just see what the experts, you know, people like you, people like Trish McFarlane are kind of tweeting about, talking about on LinkedIn, um, seeing if, you know, people do think it's just bluster or if there does seem to be some research underneath it, trying to see if there's any studies. Some of these are kind of based on TikTok trends like Bare Minimum, Bare Minimum Monday, but quiet, one we did was quiet um, constraint, which I can talk a little bit more about later. That one was based on research. So I think some of the ones that are maybe a bit more research-based, we usually lean into more. Okay. Um, I mean, th there's been a lot around quiet mm. uh, to, to, I suppose, try to underline the fact that employees uh, might be um, not quite downing tools, but, but kind of easing off kind of, uh, they're not happy with the way they're being supported. Um, their employee experience, their talent experience maybe isn't as good as they want it to be in the organisation. So they're not quite downing tools. They're just not pushing themselves. Um, 
in particular, I suppose, what do you think about that as a phenomenon? Because it's come up a few times, you know, quite quitting, quite hiring, quite constraint. Bare minimum Monday is a, a recent iteration. So, you know, what do you think? And when you do talk to HR leaders and HR specialists, what are they saying to you? Are they indicating that they notice these things or are they kind of hands up in the air saying, I don't know what people are talking about? Yeah, we don't. Um, I was thinking about this ahead of ahead of our chat, and we talk a lot about the great resignation. But I think the quiet quitting is obviously harder to pinpoint. It's harder to kind of see that happening. And I think that's the lesson of it is that I think HR leaders need to try and nip it in the bud. If the idea of quiet quitting is that people are doing less and less because they're disengaging, that is an issue, which kind of goes back to the employee experience stuff. You know, having an engaged workforce is kind of what we're all aiming for engaged productive happy you know you know wanting to be at work not kind of disengaging and kind of looking for new opportunities I think I find quite firing quite a scary one because it's kind of the opposite of that it's basically letting people quite quit and just kind of waiting for them to resign and part of that's a little bit like hiring people is very expensive surely you want to try and retain the people that you've already got you've already invested all this time money into kind of developing them, giving them a job, you know, they're integrated into your culture. And it seems a little bit, little bit of a strange, that one worries me more. I think that's something HR should not be doing or should not be encouraging managers to do. And do you get the impression that that um, the people you speak to in HR are maybe doing it? Because it's the self-fulfilling prophecy almost, if they read enough about kind of, you know, uh, quiet, quiet firing, um, then, then it's something that that, that, that people begin to do, uh, mm-hmm. possibly managers, you know, without even realising it. I think there's definitely a case of people doing it without realising it. Um, I would say that I think it's more, as you said, I think it's more of a manager problem. It's more something managers are doing. I'm sure it's not something that HR obviously would advocate for. I think that maybe there's an action that HR needs to take with managers to being like, if you're seeing these kind of behaviours, you know, maybe have more one-to-ones with your people, you know, talk to them about what they need. Do they need more support? Do they need more learning and development? Are they, do they have personal struggles going on in their, you know, personal lives that, you know, you could help them with or talk to them about or treat them more like humans rather than just kind of worker bees that just are just, you know, working. They are a holistic human being with, you know, multiple struggles or challenges in their, in their general life. So I think, I would say it's more on the managers. There's a lot about kind of, we write a lot about kind of how managers are the key to retention. And a lot of the reason why people are leaving is because of they don't necessarily have the right relationship with their manager. So I think this is where HR needs to lean into maybe upskilling managers around that kind of stuff. Yes, no, no, no I, I agree with you on that one. I think that um, it, it's, you know, a lot of the presentations that I do, particularly around things like employee experience, candidate experience, um, it's important to actually get managers on, on side with that to understand kind of, you know, what 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 goes into that and, and how they can impact it. One of the things that we, there's a, a couple of these trends that you and I have been interacting with uh, over social media this year. And one is, is Bare Minimum Monday. And I know that uh, you wrote um, recently that, that you think you've got behind this now. You've spoken to enough people. So what... What did you find out and and, and what is Bare Minimum Monday? So 
it's a TikTok trend. Um, and it's basically the idea that having a slow start to a Monday is basically the idea of it. Maybe prioritizing self-care. Um, so the lady on TikTok who does it, she can, it's a very good video. It's like very well produced. It's quite interesting. Um, but a lot of people have kind of used it as kind of slacking off on Monday, whereas I don't necessarily think that's necessarily what she was implying. Um, but basically, when I first saw it, I eye rolled. I was like, this is stupid. As I said, we put it in this chat that we have, and we were all kind of like, yeah, whatever. Just another trend, just another, you know, attention seeking sales bluster, as you said. But I think I then kind of thought I was chatting to um, our social media manager, and she was kind of saying, you know, maybe. Maybe this is one to think more about. She'd kind of been seeing some stuff about, you know, how, you know, the ebbs and flows of productivity and how it obviously isn't linear. And I thought, well, might as well ask. Let me ask my HR community. <laughs> Let's see what they say. And actually, I think I got a pretty decent consensus, which was kind of this isn't necessarily a problem. It could just be that some people are more, you know, it doesn't really matter if people are. 100% productive all day Monday so long as like by the end of the week or by the end of the month they've like achieved the work they were supposed to we're all productive at different times of the day I personally am kind of better like 10 till lunchtime <laughs> and then after that I kind of lose a little bit of momentum but sometimes after lunch it picks up but it kind of depends on the day it depends on all sorts of factors but anyway so I talked to the to the, some of these, um, you know, vendors, some experts, and they kind of just basically said that what they were worried about with HR ignoring it and just eye rolling and seeing that it's just as another trend to it not worry about is it could kind of be masking some of these issues with burnout and well-being. Because I know Gartner did some research that said 2022 was the worst re- year on record for stress and burnout. 2023 is not looking much better. And I think that's kind of a, a layover from COVID, isn't it, where, you know, it was a lot of people overworking and struggling to create boundaries. So I think it's kind of, it might not be a problem. It might just be that some people take a slow start to a Monday, then have a really productive Tuesday. (laughs) But Mm. I think it's kind of, it's one to kind of just keep an eye on is what I would say a little bit like quiet quitting kind of see if it's happening. It might not be, but if it is, don't ignore it or overlook it. Yeah, it's about having uh, conversations as well, I suppose, yeah. for managers. Um, in one of my uh, previous podcasts in this series, uh, I was chatting to somebody about some research around mental health and the fact that um, a lot of people, if they're, they're struggling with their mental health, when they phone in, they won't give that as the reason. So they'll either make an excuse uh, for, for why they don't want to come into work or they will just show up to work, but maybe when they shouldn't. Um, so it, it's interesting how all of this overlaps as well, particularly, I suppose, as you say, it, it's been identified as happening on a Monday, the beginning of the week, and maybe there is an overlap here. Hmm. Probably um, the most talked about phenomenon or topic of 2023 so far is conversational AI, uh, primarily uh, through chat GPT. Now, I know that you've researched and written about its impact and uses for HR. So I suppose the, the, the firstly, uh, to people listening who are not 100% sure, what is it? Uh, and then what what did you find? So it's, it's quite a hard thing to explain, um, but it's basically a very clever chatbot. Um, so it's based on it's based on kind of these generational AI foundational models. So it kind of uses all the information on the Internet 
and then creates a very, very human-like response. So unlike a chatbot, which can be, we've all used chatbots, you know, for customer yeah. service, they can be very buggy. You feel like you're yeah. kind of talking to yourself. Um, this is a lot more like having a conversation. You can ask it, you know, quite quite interesting questions and get it to come up with some fun stuff. I know um, I have some friends that used it over Christmas to write a Shakespearean play in the theme of a like pirate or something. And so mm-hmm. that's quite a fun, a fun ad use of it. So what we, we thought, so we've been using it in an unleashed to kind of some content generation and, you know, using it in social to see if it writes better social media posts than we can and things like that. Turns out it doesn't, but it's quite a good place to start if you're struggling with content creation. So we kind of thought, well, let's see. Let me let me ask the experts. Again, a bit like Bear Minimum Monday. This is happening. Let me see what the experts say. And um, as um, this guy from Gartner basically told me that he thinks it's, it's, you know, the content side also works for HR, but obviously ATS, other kind of tech like that, can do that already it can help you with the kind of writing job descriptions or writing a job um what's it called like a job contract something yeah. like that but actually in terms of hr using it as as, as sorry organizations using it as a chatbot within their own company to automate some of those hr kind of repetitive questions it would need to be integrated into existing vendor tools at the moment it's obviously an open source platform if you were going to get, if employees were going to be able to use it to get information out, you'd have to input so much sensitive employee data. It's obviously a breach of all kinds of regulations. So yeah, so it's interesting. So basically the takeaway is that HR vendors need to step up. I'm seeing they're already doing it. Uh, I know HireEasy is, is kind of, has announced they're working on something. They've kind of launched a G- GPT-3, which is the model that underlies mm-hmm. chat kind of integrating that and I'm sure there's some other HR tech companies so the takeaway the takeaway for HR is to talk to your vendors about what they're doing and find out if and kind of tell them that you're interested to learn more and maybe they'll innovate Uh, did you see any or or have you heard of any HR people almost using it for kind of you know how should I approach this how should I do a performance review how should I um, you know I I have low morale in my team how can i improve it um do you see it yet being used specifically like that as a tool to i suppose help managers manage or or is that something down the line i think it definitely could be used like that um already the problem is of course is that what it comes out with is usually quite generic so it's very it's not really it wouldn't give you anything innovative to do so if you typed in you know how do i improve morale in my team you could probably find more in, more useful resources on the internet already about yeah. that. Like, I don't think it's, I mean, it's obviously quicker. I think that's the benefit of it, but it wouldn't tell you the source. It wouldn't tell, you wouldn't know how reliable the source was. So you wouldn't know it was like based on research of 5,000 HR leaders or something like that, which is what, you know, the coverage we do or, you know, vendors produce a lot of content like that, don't they? Which is kind of like yeah. how to do EX better or something like that. So I'm not sure. I think the negatives I see with it is that I don't think people understand that it's based on um, the whole internet. So obviously it's based on what people are writing on social media, opinions. It's not fact. Like what it brings out is not necessarily factual. And I think and there's a lot of biases in it, which is something we're going to try and explore in future pieces. I want to kind of look at the biases and if that's any because AI has this problem in general but whether or not with chat GPT it's kind of worse because it's from a bigger um just 
set of data. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. definitely fun to play around with, I think is where it's at at the moment. I'm not sure, like actually I did use it to write a PDP um, and it was just, it didn't really do anything. It just very, it was too, it was very generic. I'm not sure it helped. It told me what not to do. It's probably more. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, yeah. I'm not sure. I suppose it's, it's quite good for pointers. So mm. if it was kind of, if you went into it and said, you know, what skills do talent acquisition leaders need in 2023? It will give you some fairly, I suppose, a, a generic listing, but actually it's kind of, it might be a conversation opener yeah. in that, yes, I know those are skills I need, but now thinking about it, do I really have them? How can I improve them? Does everybody around me have them? So possibly it's uh you're right, relying on it too much uh, might be a problem because you can't, as yet, we don't know, um, you don't always know the accuracy of the source. Mm. I suppose over the last two or three years, the, the biggest topic uh, has been around remote, flexible, hybrid, asynchronous working. Mm. Uh, the digital narrative around this is strong, uh, mainly because analysts, influencers, writers, journalists, content creators... Those are the kind of people who can all work flexibly. They could all work from home. They can all work from wherever. Uh, what are you hearing from HR professionals you speak to? Obviously, you know, we know that something like almost 60% of jobs in the UK economy can't be done remotely because they're, you know, it, it's healthcare, it, 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 it's utilities, it's it's driving, it's that kind of thing. And And I've seen a number of senior HR leaders from those kind of sectors say, you know, Will people stop banging on about remote, flexible working because it's it's a minority thing? Um, what are you hearing? Because obviously, in a, in I suppose the, for HR, it, it's something that that they can do and embrace, even if maybe some of their people can't. I think um, yeah, it's a good point. I I also agree. We do we have definitely got very stuck in a you know, white collar workers who used to go to the office can now work from home. But what about the kind of majority of the workforce that can't? Um, so I actually find those interviews a lot more interesting. Um, and also, especially when there's companies, like I interviewed BT recently, and they've got, you know, a split. So they have people who are innovating BT products, you know, techie people in the office, and then they've got the people out in the field, you know, whatever the word is, people's Wi-Fi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I can't think of the word. Uh, installing, cables, fiber. <laughs> installing people's Wi-Fi. <laughs> but I actually, um, the kind of best conversation I think I've had about it, which was for our um, conference in Las Vegas last year, Unleash America, was with Tyson Food, CHRO, Johanna Sonderstrom. And she was basically saying, because most of their employees obviously work more in the factory side or you know, deliveries and things like that. And she was kind of saying they're using technology in a very innovative way, but they're also looking at kind of shift patterns and how flexibility, I think, is important to remember, isn't just working from an office or working from home. It can be about hours and kind of job sharing and trying to find ways for um, people to just... I think it's almost the opposite. I think for people who work in frontline, they've always worked, they usually work more shifts. So maybe you can bring stability to their lives so you set them in a more shift pattern that fits around their lives whereas almost the, those of us who work from home is almost kind of an opposite of that um I also interviewed um the head of talent acquisition at Deutsche Bahn and she said a similar thing they're trying to figure out how to kind of 
give the flexibility to everyone, no matter what that looks like. It isn't working from home versus in the office. It's more flexibility and Mm. kind of like people's preferences, going back to the personalization and all that kind of thing. But very interesting. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I I agree that I think we spend far too much time on the location uh, as opposed to the opportunities it offers uh, with about flex flexibility, people who've got caring responsibilities, childcare, that kind of thing, um, and and you know enabling people maybe to, to to participate in the workforce in a way they 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 weren't able to before. So I think it's it's it, it there's a long way to go. I've had a couple of chats on it in this podcast series already, and it's always fascinating because it, it it's kind of. There's a lot to it, um, and you know the, the I suppose the other bit is about connection as well. So I don't know if that came up in any of your research, but the maintaining connection with you know team members, you know uh, other employees, managers to their teams, and vice vice versa. Um, it seems to be something that again we're still kind of um, working through. I mean, looking ahead, um, obviously you're involved with an organisation that puts on two fairly major events a year. What what do you see or what is your research and your conversations flagging up as some of the trends and topics uh, that, that are impacting HR kind of, I suppose, coming down the track? So as we go through the year, you know, what are some of the themes coming up that that uh, you need to turn attention to that maybe you might be covering in future sessions and things um so I think obviously we've mentioned it a lot but the chat GPT the generative AI that kind of side but also the metaverse with technology and I think it comes back to what you were just saying about connection so I had the opportunity to go to meta and you know do you know quest pro and see what it was all like and be in the metaverse and i was always a bit of a skeptic i'm not gonna lie and it it kind of i kind of got it a little bit more i understood that it's i can see how it builds connection more than just like a zoom call like this um it's a little bit because you can kind of high five people and you feel like you've high fived them and it's just all very odd um but I think some of that stuff is definitely coming through. I don't think that's going to be a 2023 thing, but I think maybe a kind of 2030. Um, but the, we've got a futurist called Maurice Conti speaking at Unleash America. He's going to do a keynote and he's going to dive into kind of the AI, VR, metaverse stuff a lot more, which should be really interesting to kind of see his take on, you know, maybe maybe he thinks it's sooner than 2030. <laughs> that's my very kind of conservative estimate. Um, I don't know what you think about that, Mevin. What do you think about the Metaverse Um, I think it's going to have a huge impact. Um, again, I think it's one of those things that will kind of um, free, creep up um, as opposed to, it. again, you know, there, there, there's so many facets to the world work and, and you know, the different kinds of HR, uh, depending on the organisations, what it does, that that it, it's difficult to come up with a one-size-fits-all um, narrative. Um, so I think it will be, it will unfold itself over the coming years, as you say. And there are some, some very te- technology enabled organisations that will be very quick to um, to embrace it. Others that maybe uh, need to be slower. Um, and then you've got, I suppose, situation around inclusivity and and skills. And are we going to be almost leaving? people behind you know the excluding people should we say from uh participating um so i think there's there's a long way to go and i think there's a lot to sort out um 
but uh, no doubt you will be reporting on this um, as and when. Uh, why don't you let people know uh, how they can contact you and connect with you? Yeah, so I, as I was explaining to Mervin before, I'm in a kind of nickname versus full name <laughs> irritating paradigm at the moment. So yeah, please get in touch. So on Twitter, I'm Ali RM13 and on uh, LinkedIn, Alexandra Navrat. So that's N-A-W-R-A-T. So yeah, please reach out. Um, Unleash, I'm sure we'll link it all up, but Unleash, um, to read more stuff on Unleash, it's just unleash.ai. Very simple. Um, but yeah, we've been reporting on the metaverse, but I'm kind of looking forward to doing some more of it. Uh, particularly if I get to go and hang out with Meta and try it myself. Always fun. Always fun to get out of the office or get out of my bedroom. <laughs> One of the two. Um, it sounds exciting. Listen, it's been great to talk, Ali. And um, hopefully I'll be uh, seeing you soon at an Unleash event. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you.